0: What's up, Wisconsin, from the Inside Wisconsin Studios and here on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts, Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, J.A., I I like the times when we talk track and field, but talking to PA announcers is a little better for me.
1: The Bucks PA guy today on the show. It's so sexy, I can almost, I can't contain myself. I'm having to sit on my excitement. (laughs) Listen,
0: Double Z and Kenny Bednarik were great people. But I couldn't I would, relate yeah, much. No,
1: I, I, listen, I'm here for anybody that is about enunciation and pronunciation. Sure. And, you know, good tone, people with uh, good pipes. I, I I am envious not just of, of great um, uh, PA announcers because, you know, I, I, I sit there and appreciate the work. I like people with good pipes, period. You know, you yeah. hear guys once in a while and they go, God, if I sounded like that, I could be <laughs> – way way ahead or at least of nothing else i could just you know voice the toyota commercials or something like that when you when they when they go through i had a guy that i went to school with a guy named jeff friend who i can still hear jeff's voice he was from pittsburgh didn't have any of that yins or accent he didn't sound like mike mccarthy or anything uh <laughs> but he just had these this great deep not a bass just this really nice baritone very rich and you just went golly that's <laughs> wish i sounded like that guy well I'm you, pretty sure your voice you can get away the other way. Right? You. you can get away. Look at Tim Kirchsen, right? When he really gets excited. No, really, Trevor, are you <laughs> kidding me? Um, so it conveys the same excitement, and yet I don't know that he's made out for the PA job. But yeah, the, listen, guys with pipes, I'm all in. I'm fans.
0: Yeah, and I was a big fan of his when I was younger. I played at the Bradley Center. I talked to him a little bit about that back then. He was just getting started, and I can still hear his voice booming at the Bradley Center for the initial Bucks games that I went to when I was a kid. Fun to reminisce, cool to talk to this guy. This is Eric Jensen. He's the Bucks PA guy on the Inside Wisconsin Show.
2: The Inside Wisconsin Show is brought to you by American Family Insurance, Aaron's Company, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, Capital Credit Union, Festival Foods, Quick Trip, Miller Lite, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, Provea Health, and the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube, leave a review,
0: smash the like button, just get with us. I'm not trying to age him. That's The Rock. That's Eric Jensen. But that is the guy that was my inspiration to become a public address announcer. So we're just going to start there. I I don't mean to make you sound old. That's Eric Jensen, the the Bucks PA guy and also the producer for the Bob and Brian show on 102.9 The Hog. Rock, thanks for joining us, man.
3: Oh, thanks for having me on today, guys. Listen,
1: not all heroes wear capes, right? (laughs) You know that. Some of them have microphones in front of them. And that's that's the how does one get into being the PA announcer? Because I feel like that's always and for everybody, that's some sort of security route that well yeah. yeah there's there's no direct Scott. way.
3: Right? No direct way in. Um I I they actually sought me out to uh be the PA announcer for the Milwaukee Wave indoor soccer team years ago. That was my, my first PA announcing. Uh I was with the Bob and Brian show. And every morning I do a kind of a PA type of introduction to the show to start the show off. And, um, David Snyder, who was working for the wave at the time, he liked the sound of it and they needed a PA announcer. So he called me and asked me if I'd do it. And I told him, I know absolutely nothing about <laughs> indoor soccer or even soccer in general. And he said, doesn't matter. We'll have someone helping you in your ear, telling you what to say. And so I, I did that for a few years, and um, that was a lot of fun. We won a lot of championships with the Milwaukee Wave. And, um, you know, I kind of did a couple of other things in there. When Bob Betts got sick, I, I filled in for him, for the Brewers. I did about a half a season for the Brewers at the end of County Stadium. And then I was set to announce for the Admirals, and the Bucks gig opened, and I auditioned for it and got it. And I've been doing that now for 20 three years so yeah. You know, all right so just it's kind of a, this... never planned on doing it it just mm-hmm. uh it happened you know
0: 23 years ago I just turned 40 23 years ago I was 17 I was a junior at Johnson Creek High School and my basketball team got to come and play at the Bradley Center as that's where you all started back then and I'm not yep. kidding I will never forget the first time I heard you PA announced for the Bucks. I I had always wanted to be a PA announcer because I I noticed that the guy with the mic in an arena controls the joy in the room. And as much as we feed off of the crowd, the crowd feeds off of you too. So 23 years ago now, that team was Ray Allen, the big dog, right? Sam Cassell. How much has it changed since you first started doing this back then?
3: Well, that was, you know, that team was really good. And they were, when I started in 2000, 99-2000 99 2000 season, they were already a playoff team, and that uh, was a lot of fun. And it was it was on the way up. The next year was was the year we almost made it to the uh, to the finals. Lost to the Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals. So it was jumping right into something that was really exciting. And the the arena was one of the loudest arenas in the NBA at that time, and it was just a lot of fun. George Carl walk out of the tunnel before the game and. Everyone get on their feet and give them a standing ovation. It's stuff that gave you goosebumps, especially just first starting. But then we went into the long walk in the woods for years, <laughs> just uh, you know, uh, a lot of lean years in there with with some ups and downs where we made the playoffs and things like that. But never, never even I never envisioned that we'd ever win a championship in Milwaukee. It just didn't seem realistic to me. Like I'm, I'm like we could get a to be a second, third round playoff team. But I just I can can't even imagine winning a championship. And well when when we got Giannis that changed everything. Then it was like, well, all right, we're we're now in the discussion. This could happen.
1: <laughs> that's different than having a team that's really close and let's acquire Anthony Mason. And that's gonna be the piece that puts us over the top. I still oh. haven't forgiven George for that.
3: I haven't um, either or, or for trading Ray Allen. You know, I mean mm-hmm. that it yeah. was just when we got Anthony Mason, I kind of felt good about. Felt like him. a good like, idea. We need this toughness. This is the guy we need. And then it was, what you saw how it played out on the floor. It was like, oh man, this is Uh-oh. a disaster. Felt
1: <laughs> well, like a really good idea. Yeah, um, I was excited too because I had uh, uh, when I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was on their CBA team. Here's Anthony Mason out of nowhere. Right. And, really? he up and he finds a role in the NBA with the Knicks. And I thought, OK, this is going to be all right. And then when it wasn't all right, obviously, I completely changed my tune. I was against it the whole time. Everybody could see that it was totally <laughs> documented. It's all George Carl's fight fart, a uh, uh, fault. And we've ruined the whole entire team. And now well, was it?
2: <laughs> until one while
1: Michael Red makes a bucket.
3: Um, he, he tweeted. Uh, George tweeted. I think it was, I don't know, about a half a year ago, maybe maybe a year ago about um, if there was a couple of things he wishes he could have back or wished, a couple of trades that with his teams he wished never mm-hmm. happened and the Ray Allen trade was one of them. And I commented on his tweet, like, well, you know, uh, all due respect, Coach, but weren't you the the instigator behind that, that trade? And uh, he liked the tweet. He didn't comment <laughs> on it. But he saw it. And everyone knows he, you know, he called Ray princess and things like that in practice mm-hmm. and uh, thought he was soft and wanted to bring in a guy like Gary Payton. So that uh, that, that took us years to recover from that one. Whoopsie. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're, they're super happy where I live, man. They're, 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 you know, Ray's practically sainted both in Connecticut, first yep. time here, and then obviously just uh, up the road there in Boston when he comes through. Uh, we did get finals games. Uh, do do PA announcers know when it's a finals game? And it's uh, like, are, do we have butterflies in a finals game that we might not have in uh, January 23rd on a Wednesday?
3: Kind of, you know, when you're sitting at home and you're, you know, you're going to drive down to the arena in a couple hours and it's going to be a finals game. It's I don't know if it's it's really butterflies. It's just more excitement and just kind of anticipation of wow, this is incredible, you know. So, um, and then once you once you're sitting behind the mic and, and things start up, it's just pretty much like a regular game. In fact, it's besides the excitement and everything you you, you want to bring, it's it, there's less things going on during timeouts and halftime and things like, you know, mm-hmm. during the finals, it's just straight-ahead game pretty much, what they're bringing, so. That finals yeah.
0: run, that finals run, who is more important to the, the atmosphere, you or Ben Tainai? <laughs>
3: well, Ben was more important for uh, just overall juju, you know, yeah. having him there <laughs> singing every night. If he would have got laryngitis and missed, I, I think some people would have really been, like, Oh, now we're in trouble, but uh, <laughs> haven't been there ready to go every night. I think that was that was awesome, you know, and and we've also had great hype people in the in the arena. Melanie and Joe were really going strong there. And uh, the crowd was just uh, it It was incredible, you know, the way the crowd was. But that was we were just first back from COVID, right? That was the uh, yes. first finals back from from the bubble. People were ready for it. The town was on fire it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, how,
1: how do I find my balance? How much is too much? How do I know where I, 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 you know, I want to get everybody involved here, but I still want to watch Giannis make baskets. I didn't come exclusively to hear you.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's something you always have to kind of find the the balance to. There's uh, some guys that just scream and they won't They won't Mm -hmm. stop. I I did some announcing for arena football, and they want you just at 11 the (laughs) entire game. It's insane. It's like if everything is spectacular, nothing is. You know, you'd have to pick your your times to really come out and and make something a little extra special. And uh, that's just always – it's kind of a a judgment call on the the announcer. I think that's, that's something that makes a good PA announcer is having good judgment with that.
1: Now, does, you go, Jay. I was going to ask, now, are, does it come with asides? Because every once in a while, you know, I have a talkback button, right? So I can kill my own mic. And so I'll say something, you know, a guy hits a home run, you're going, boy, you know, thank God that pitcher deserved it. He was a dork. You know, like, <laughs> do you ever do that? Hey, foul on number 27. And then once it's off, turn of the guy, goes. And, of course, the ref is blind because he saw nothing there. Like, how, much, <laughs> how, how often do we have an, a little aside once the mic is killed?
3: Oh, you know, there's a lot of that, you know, and there's guys in the, in the headsets at times uh, on the stats crew or something. And they're, they're already jawing about a call and (laughs) you've got to come on and just kind of give it a straight. There are times where you you, you almost sound like disappointed in the call, like foul. (laughs) And you know, if if it's a really bad call, it's like, come on. You kind of have that expression in your voice, but you try not to do too much of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So how much changed when the Bucks moved to the Fiserv, right? Because I mentioned that I played the Bradley Center and that was a dream come true for a high school kid growing up in Wisconsin. And I thought the Bradley Center was pretty kick-ass. It the was. Fiserv took it to a different level. What was that like moving? And maybe how bad was the Bradley Center? Because I I guess I never saw how bad it was. Why did they have to build that new
3: one? Well, I mean, it, it, Fiserv has all the new amenities. Everything that a modern NBA team needs to, to make the money they need to make to, to stay competitive, and uh, that was the main reason for the move. Bradley Center was it was good enough to play in and, and for people to come down and have a nice time and everything, but it, uh, it wasn't going to support a finals or an a, um, all-star game or anything like that. It just didn't have the amenities for um, having a championship-caliber team but moving over there, the sound quality, the the whole s- sound system in there, the acoustics, everything as far as my job goes, everything sounds much better in there. I at Bradley Center, everything sounded like a Charlie Brown phone call to me. You know, <laughs> I when I was talking on the on the mic, I could not make out anything I was saying. When I at Serve, everything's clear as a bell. I could hear it. That it, it sounds good, and it's just. Uh, I know it sounds much better to the fans too.
1: Acoustics are key, right? Like I don't want to. I don't want to sound, you know, uh, tinny. I want to sound full. I want to. The timber of my voice needs to come through. I can have that, you know. All right.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. And and it does at Pfizer. I mean, the, the acoustics and the the sound system they're top shelf, really good.
1: Before a game, sometimes I have been there, and and the PA guy is they're going through. their how we're gonna introduce the national anthem singer, or if there's going to be something after the game, we're going to go through the trophy presentation. Uh, How different is that when you hear your voice and think this is way too loud. It's never going to work. And then when you put 20,000 people in, you're like, I'm actually having to talk even louder, even though I have a mic in this thing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's times where I tell them, I'm like, turn me down. I'm I'm obnoxious right now. (laughs) And like you say, when you fill that building with bodies, that's the right sound you want. and there, there's times during the uh, playoffs where I'm asking them to turn me up but they can't because they're at their decibel limit and I mean I could I could be screaming obscenities in that microphone and nobody would hear it because it's so loud in there. So there's, there's you know, different times for that. So
0: I watched baseball games or last night the NHL was over. the, the cup was given to Las Vegas. When you are in that moment, when the Bucks win Game Six, there's literally nothing that you can say over the PA that's going to make a difference, right? How did right. you take that moment in yourself, growing up here in Wisconsin, like both John and I?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's tempting to just go crazy and and keep on it, but uh, basically, when when time expired, I I said the final score and I said the the Milwaukee Bucks our NBA champions and you know, that, that was it. And then let the music play and the confetti drop. And everybody was, again, it was so loud at that moment too, that I don't know if anyone even heard what I said, but, um, it was such a, an amazing moment that, um, you didn't want to step on that at all with, (laughs) you know, over-talking it, recapping the score or or leading scores or anything like that. So. Yeah. Completely uh, irrelevant. Yeah. Start hitting sponsors. <laughs> that, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> this trophy
1: te- presentation brought to you by
3: no, one right, call, right? that's but
1: all. Now, I wasn't, because I was, I would have been, if I'd have been in the state or in the country, I'd have been in the building, but I wasn't. I was, I was in Tokyo when it happened. Um, did you do the whole thing? Did you have to, do we go to the house? Did you get to introduce to the crowd, here's, here's Commissioner Silver and that
3: whole thing? I introduced, Someone who introduced the commissioner, <laughs> which was a bit bizarre. But I'm like, all right, fine. I, it was on uh, national TV, international TV, everywhere. Right. So, but I introduced someone uh from ABC, uh one of the sideline reporters, and then she introduced Adam Salters. Okay, so, so yeah, so it's like, probably
1: Lisa Salters. You gave you gave it to our gal, Lisa. Salters. He,
3: yes, yep, yeah, that's right. Okay.
1: Yep, all right. <laughs> so that's <how> it <laughs> So, uh, yeah,
3: one more... It was a double handoff.
0: <laughs> nice. One more quick one before we take our first break with The Rock, the Bucks PA announcer. We'll get to the radio side of your gig here in just a few. We know that s- announcing, pronouncing names is vital to everything that goes into talking into this mic in an arena. You were doing great. And then A-N-T-E-T-O-K-O-U-N-N-P-O comes that, out of the woodwork. And you went oh crap yeah
3: yeah that was you know and that was just the start of it then uh uh mamu came along and we we had all these guys and it, <laughs> it uh it got a little crazy but you know once you get a guy's name down and it, it, when you have them every night it's it's easy it's just the, the league there's more and more uh international players and names coming in with less and less vowels in them where you're just kind of like wow how does this one go but <laughs> um, you know, I've got the PR guy from the visiting team sitting two chairs down from me, and if you have any questions before the game, you just ask him and get it all straightened out. So it's, it's not uh, not too big of a deal. But Giannis, you know, at first just trying to figure out how are we going to do that one to make it make it sound right. You know, and when we want to uh, do it loud and, and booming when he when he uh, does something big. Was a little, you know, had to go through a, a couple of different variations, but eventually we got it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm told he likes it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. That's so, the best. That's what I need. And then, right, the second
1: onto the is much easier when he comes through, right? All right. We already <laughs> got him down. When it right. Comes exactly.
3: There. Yeah. But you don't want to really do them the same. You know, I mean, sure. you got, you <clears> have to say them the same, but not give them the same ash that Giannis has. You know? do, you,
1: do you have guys lobby you on on how they want it? We need a little more juice here. Can they, you know? I've
3: never had a, a player really come to me with that. Uh, I've had visitors kind of joking around, like Paul Pierce. He'd always before he'd check in, he'd he'd say to me, uh, "It's pronounced Pierce," you know, <laughs> that type of thing, goofing around. But I, no, I've never had a a player ask for a certain way of being introduced or give me a little more or something like that so does uh come down and ask me to get the crowd fired up <laughs> at, at you know some some key points of playoff games but it's it's kind of like uh, there's there's nothing else we can do we're we're screaming everybody's the, the crowd is going crazy anyways at that point so you know he just wants it more i guess
0: My favorite is when you get a guy that doesn't start and he barely plays and he has some completely jacked name and you can (laughs) practice it and phonetically write it and all of it. And then he comes in with four minutes left in the game and you completely forgot how to say it. That has happened to me so many.
3: Yeah, especially, you know, because usually you have in your head two ways of pronouncing it. Like It could either be this or that. And even once you figure it out, by, by the time that guy gets in the game, you forget which one it was. So it's in your head. You're like, oh, no. Funny. So, yeah. But that's when that uh, having that PR guy close is good. You can just yeah. kind of lean over and holler down to him and say, how, how is that again? So.
1: But, I, but I want to ask both of you then real quick because hey, Trevor's keeps trying to take a break. And now you know how I feel about producers. I like to talk right through the producers. <laughs> uh, in Sorry. The Sorry. Producer. Sorry. We don't have a hard out at the top of the hour. We don't have to get out at 04 and make sure we get the break. We're going to get All right. I'll be here. Okay. So you do the phonetics on this sometimes, right? Yeah. And we get phonetics. But after a while, do you find that the phonetics only confuse you once you get it down, right? Yes, like I always say, sure. I, I literally type Yanis's name in my computer or Shashevsky. I put like K R Y and then I hit shift and I go across the top button. Uh, the top of the numbers, and then put ski, and onto the cupo, same thing. I just put A and T, and then it's dollar sign hash whatever, and then PO, because I just know how it is. So after a while, or a kid will bring you a name, and it's like, who is this person? And you're like, oh, it's Hobby Bullen. Why did, did this? No, I don't want it there anymore. Do you guys have right. that
3: same kind of deal? For sure. I mean, um, even when we have like a kids game before the the Bucks game, they'll get it's someone's responsibility to get all the pronunciations for the name and they'll write them out phonetically. And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you didn't need to do that on that one because I sat there and looked at it. And if I would have just known it was Johansson instead of spelt out J O H A N, you know, right? It, it, if if I could have just looked at Johansson, I would have had no problem with it. But uh, <laughs> here I am trying to figure that, wh- what is this one now? So right a lot of times it'll it will trip you up i mean it's it's good to have to figure out before the game how you're going to how this one's said but yeah you don't want it there every time you're going to pronounce it especially like you when you're doing highlights and you really got to be rolling quick that's uh would be a total speed bump i imagine different ball game do I like I like it the same when
1: thing
0: there the only time i really get caught up i do spell names phonetically cuz it does help me especially if i don't know the player if i know the player and they're on gb then I don't need to do it after I get it down. But what really screws with me is when a player comes in, we always announce where they're from too, like where they went to college in the starting lineup. If they're from some crazy country that has a town that I've never heard of or I can't pronounce, they're just from that country. Like I can say Germany, but whatever Hansen Faser Black Ford, like I have no clue yeah. what that says. Yeah. So they're just they're just from Germany.
1: That's the DJ yeah, tours way of doing it. Right. It's always from here's from uh, Rory is just from the is just from North Ireland, Northern Ireland. We don't go into, you know, you get Tigers from Jupiter, Florida and so and so is from San Diego, California. But if you're you know, if you're the best golfer in Latvia, you're just from Latvia. Yeah. All right. That's exactly, that's absolutely. Exactly it.
3: Yeah. The only one I the only one I do their town is. From Athens, Greece, for for Giannis, and just because I noticed his brother did that when he introduced. We had a game where family members taped an introduction, and they they all did it. And his brother said, "From Athens, Greece." So I thought, well, all right, I'll I'll introduce him from there instead of just Greece. So <laughs> well, it worked. They like it. Yeah. All right. Yep.
0: Yeah. Quick break. I promise we'll be back in like thirty seconds. That is the Bucks PA guy and the producer of Bob and Brian. His name is Eric Jensen. More with. Rock in a bit. We're the Inside Wisconsin
2: Show. The Inside Wisconsin Show is brought to you by American Family Insurance, Aaron's Company, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, Capital Credit Union, Festival Foods, Quick Trip, Miller Lite, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, Provea Health, and the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube,
0: leave a review, smash the like button, just get with us. Summertime in Wisconsin, calls for a Miller Lite, J.A., I want to know, are you a can koozie guy? You put the uh, middle
1: light in a koozie. I will if like I will if I'm on a golf course when I know I can't drink it quick enough. Usually, usually twelve ounce, or I can get that down for it. You know, it, it warms up. But on the course, if you got to go hit, I got to go look for your lost ball, something like that. That's going to delay yeah. my my thing. Then I then I have one uh, that I that that I will use. I've really never had an issue with uh, worrying about
0: my beer getting cold or right. warm, I should say. Yeah, I've never had that problem. I do every once in a while, Rocky Can Koozie, but it's my favorite part of the white Miller Light can ever since that came back. You can put it in a can koozie, and the Bev Cart person knows what you're drinking because they can see the white top. It's really the only beer that has that white top. Oh, man, that's a great can- I know I got this was just a no-brainer to bring this white can back. I'm not. Remember, kidding. I
1: called you when because you briefly you were you were kind of in the employ of that industry, and I said, "Yeah, the white thing which you brought right, they brought it back just sort of for a not a lark, but just a, a was supposed to be limited time only. It was, and people went cuckoo for it, and they had no
0: choice but to keep it. It went yeah. absolutely ballistic. It was like the beer that our parents grew up drinking. It was in this can. I don't know if they make can koozies for the old 24 ouncer the silo here that's in my hand, but um, this one I might need a koozie for. Twenty four ounces is a different deal. We'll
1: that's see the one where there. that's the one where my boys now grab one of those or even bigger and just go, How about a twister? And then you just pass it around until it's gone.
0: <laughs> no koozie
1: needed for that little well, party either. How about a twister?
0: Well, it is summertime in Wisconsin and Miller Light goes hand in hand with a Miller Light in your hand. Summer doesn't just taste great, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Light delivered right to your door, visit MillerLight.com slash inside Wisconsin or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer, whether it's on the golf course or the grocery liquor, the liquor store, store department. Too. Liquor yeah. store's got it. Can, it. Still convenient. got it. I went
1: in there the other day. It's still there. Lots still of it. Still there. White, white can and all. It's Celebrate like, responsibly. It's like everybody drinks it. It's crazy. <laughs> I know.
0: It's like very popular, <laughs> big thing. It's super odd to find it there. All right. <laughs> Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces or math. carbs per 24 ounce. See, I know what I'm doing. Between segments with our guy, Eric Jensen, they call him the Rock, the Bucks PA guy. Time for another top five list here on the Inside Wisconsin Show. Presented, as always, by Wisconsin's best engineering school, the University of wisconsin Platteville. uw Platteville offers an affordable engineering program, and its graduates stay in Wisconsin, driving innovation at top companies right here at home. Find out more at uwplatt.edu slash engineering. Was that your second choice, J.A., before you got into broadcasting? It was like, yeah, if I don't do this, I'm totally going to be an engineer. Is that true? Uh,
1: not quite like that, but it, it, it is odd. If, if it had not been this, I would have been somewhere, and uh, I'd have been a math guy. I, oddly enough, my, yeah. my least favorite uh, classes as a kid, I, dis- I despised taking English classes. Interesting grammar, and now I'm just I'm had it drilled into me so long, but yeah, I I do much better with uh, making. I can turn numbers on their head, and sometimes uh, grammar and spelling still can perplex me.
0: And yet, one of your best lines is, "I was told there would be no math."
1: (laughs) Here I am, but I can still I can still, on occasion, I can. uh, I mean, like I'm not working derivatives around you know the house anymore, (laughs) just for 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 fun. fun. But I did I was able to help my kids with homework deep into you know into high school, which not always the case. So.
0: You wouldn't get it today. Oof, math is all right reminiscing about Bradley Center talking about Pfizer no. Forum, had me thinking about concerts in Wisconsin. I want to share my top five concerts here in the state of Wisconsin I've been to, and I'm 40, okay. and I feel like your favorite five concerts back when you were younger are going to be a little bit different. so <laughs> who's first me or you I don't care. All right, I'll go first for a change this time. Let's have it. Number five on my list, concerts. You ever heard of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? I know that's not what you typically think of with a concert, but... Well, they, do some,
1: they do some Christmas stuff. Yeah,
0: and they were at the Resch Center, and there's lasers <laughs> and guitars and old city bars. Probably my favorite song ever. That's sung by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Super kick-ass concert at the Resch. Okay. That's number five. Number four, I have to admit this. My first concert ever was at Bradley Center, and it was when I was... 17 years old and i went with a 19 year old girl and we went to see the backstreet boys and it was really loud i know you would have went with her too trust me number three okay. green day at the rush center man that was i, I live here in green bay deep here nice. and the rush is a really cool spot to see concert it only seats like ten thousand or something like that green day was really cool here's my top two number two Kenny Chesney at both Miller Park and Lambeau Field. I know Mark Murphy came out and said that he's trying to get Bruce Springsteen to Lambeau before he's all done, said and done. Kenny Chesney at Lambeau Field was incredible. I missed the Elton John and Billy Joel concert at Lambeau. I really kicked myself for that because I bet you that'd be in this top five list. But Kenny Chesney, Lambeau Field, he was there twice, saw him at Miller Park once. So that was awesome. And number one, will probably never be beaten. I saw Garth Brooks at Bradley Center twice ah, on back-to-back days, Friday, him. Saturday. That guy puts on an incredible, incredible show. If we ever do get to talk to Mark Murphy before he's done, I want to tell him to kick Bruce Springsteen to the curb and get Easy Garth now. at Lambeau Field. Well, you right. I know that's. I, I thought that might be offensive to you. All
1: uh, right, what are your top five concerts well, here first, in Wisconsin? Uh, let me just, if I can pile on that. Uh, so, Tamra. Um, yeah. She used to just go see Garth Brooks down at the local watering hole because she was in school at the same time as he was at Oklahoma State. Jeez. And so they just go to a place called Wild Willies. And he, she's seen him God knows how many times, but never in concert, Concert, just Jeez. him there. And one of her best friends uh, has a canceled check from when he came and played at the fraternity house where they all went. And so, yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? That is crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. And somewhere I have my a program from my very first Big Eight track meet I was at, where the people are listed. Right there's Anderson and a Mike and a Koi. and then Oklahoma State. Uh, there's there's uh, Garth Brooks. So we both were in the same Big Eight track meet in the spring wow. of 1984 when he was throwing the javelin. So huh. how about that? So it anyway, that just lives up there. That just lives up there. You knew that, like you were- sure. Well, but I have it. I sit around. That's like at the time I didn't know who he was, but afterwards it's crazy. And then and then like I said, Tamra speaks a lot of times about just going down to Wild Willie's with with that's you know wild. that's wild. What's happening there? So uh also a good concert venue for my understanding. I haven't been there. The Widener Center is apparently great. Yeah. Yeah. Um just saw uh,
0: Mercy Me there like a month or two ago. Really? My really, mom has really called
1: good. me twice for tickets in her life. One was to go to the NFC championship game year it was limited attendance, they came back. Was, yep. that, uh, was that the um, – Yeah, I offered to went? take her. you remember that? I offered to take her, like if yeah, she needed yeah. a chaperone. She found somebody else. She asked me for yeah. tickets for that, which I managed to, to find for her, and then she wanted to go see Darius Rucker at the Widener Center. Yeah, nice. So, so Aren't you buddies and, with him? Yeah. A little bit. So I know him a little bit, so I actually called his bodyguard and we got it taken care of buddy anyway. <laughs> but the Widener Center is great. Okay, so just – I'm going to move this one down just so I can get into it. This is for you. I had it higher, but I'm going to put it here so we can draw it together. Number five, Alpine Valley, Bruce Springsteen. Screw you. Oh, damn okay. It. Sorry. Eighty four, born in the USA. Tour. Bang. We're there. Okay? Alpine. That's a great spot. So I don't even know if that makes it. You know that that was way up there. Now that's going to be number five, and I'm going to have to All do right. some math on the way here. Okay. Uh, number four was seeing Coco Taylor, the great blues singer, in a church down in Beloit. Well, it wasn't a church anymore, but it had been. So that she's, she's there at, at number uh, number four, uh, number three. Another great blues artist was seeing John Lee Hooker at the Carlton Celebrity Room, and we had a guy that was on a cross country team named Cupcake. I can't think of his first name because we all just called him Cupcake. And Cupcake was working there. And he got us in the back uh, to meet the legendary John Lee Hooker. Right, boom, boom, boom. And so, Hook, can we get a picture taken with you? Okay, we don't have we didn't have these. And he says, sure, just be careful. My eyes. I don't need any, you know, any any bright lights. So Steve Sharp and I are there, Sharpie, and we're on each side of the hook and cupcakes got the camera and just (laughs) old school explosion of light. Just, You know, and so we got the picture and then John Lee Hooker got mad and threw us out because, oh, my gosh. Cause I told he, you, no flash. We literally blinded him by the light. There you go. Another Springsteen <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh, number number two, I've spoken about on this program before when we had Gorman Thomas, is I saw Simon and Garfunkel at County Stadium. Yeah. that's Yeah, that was fantastic. They had done the concert in the park in New York. Huge success. They sold the album like, hey, let's go on a tour. So I went with my sister. We saw them. And that's where, yeah, that's where uh, our boy, uh, our Garfunkel student, center field and said this is where Gorman Thomas stands, huh? And the place went crazy. Yeah, it Then he put his hands in his back pocket and saying bridge over trouble water. And you're like, okay, that's a good day. <laughs> and then uh, number one, we are going back to uh, Alpine Valley Music Theater where we saw Bob Dylan and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers together. Oh. Which was phenomenal until the deadheads were coming in the next day. Uh, the Grateful Dead. So they all they all um, came in and parked and we couldn't get out. Oh, wow. So we couldn't get out. And we waited and like, we eventually had, you know where that place is tucked in, no yeah. cell phones. So we had to go and eventually find a pay phone and we didn't get back. You know, the concert was done at 11, We should have been home you know, by one, we get home till like eight in the morning because we just couldn't get out. They were all just Jeez. parked in the deadheads. They were selling bracelets and acid and the whole thing. And and uh, <laughs> we find, yeah, it was it was the most it was the longest I've ever taken to get out of a concert, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, but that one was fantastic Uh to go see that. So we're going to just stand for the Grateful Dead end, the next day. We're going to book for bookend the Alpine with Bruce Springsteen and then yeah, Dylan yeah. and Tom Petty. Which was, I mean, those were amazing.
0: Not a big Bruce guy, but big Garth guy. Let's get Garth to Lambeau Field. Not against him at all. We're back. The Inside Wisconsin Show. Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, and Eric Jensen of PA fame. there at the Serve for the Bucks games, but also the producer of the Bob and Brian Show, which was on Laser 103 when I was a kid, but now it's 102.9 The Hog. So, Rock, talk to us about that because – you get up super early, but way to pick a side gig that stays up super late. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. How long have you been with Bob and Brian, and how much sleep do you get after a Bucks game? Let's be real.
3: Well, I've been with Bob and Brian 27 years and wow. with the Bucks 23. So most of those years I've been uh, doing Bucks games into the night hours and getting up early. Fortunately, uh, Bob and Brian don't require a lot of a lot of pre-show prep. So uh, I get there about five in the morning and uh, I can get out of a Bucks game usually pretty quickly. And I'll be home by 11, between 11 and 1130 after a Bucks game. So it takes a little while to wind down and, you know, get to bed about midnight or so and get about four hours of sleep on a, on a Bucks home game night. But, you know, Sleep when you're dead, I say.
1: <laughs> so I want to make it, because I don't, I, I don't get uh, that show in my area. Uh, so you were on 103 and now it's 102.9. Is that
3: correct? Yeah. yeah it was so called previously rounded up
1: and now we're just going with the regular. <laughs> right. We're just going out <laughs> to the first decimal.
3: Because uh, everything's digital now. Back in the day when it was laser 103, that's when you tuned it in right on your radio dial. So one hundred two point nine was close enough where if you went to one Oh three, you'd find it. But now <laughs> with everything digital on on your radio, you, you've got to put it right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> so for me, part of growing up here, right. I, I spent a lot of time in radio too. And I was, I was a fan of a lot of radio people before I started working in radio myself. Bob and Brian have been the number one morning show in Milwaukee specifically in their genre for, right, 30 years almost, Eric. Yeah, they, they, they've they dominated for, yeah, like you say, 30 years here in, in town. So when you do things over and over for a long period of time, they get kind of stagnant. But for some reason, they just haven't. And w- whether it's the one question line or the trivia or whatever the case may be, how has that been for you over 27 years working with the same two guys every single morning?
3: It's just fun. You know, you come in it's uh, it's something that if i didn't have in my life i would miss you know it's not like a job where you kind of are like oh man i got to go to work tomorrow you know you're going to go in and they're going to they're going to crack you up with things that you don't you have no idea what uh how they're going to get on these topics and where they're going to go with it but they manage to do it every every morning and uh you know we get done with the show and it's always something where they're like Never thought we'd talk about that this morning when we came in, but it, it ends up happening. And, uh, you know, they do it in a unique way every, pretty much every day. I mean, it's it's the same features and everything, but different topics and and different ways of presenting them. So yeah. it, it keeps it fresh. People work so hard
1: to try to achieve, achieve those things, right? I, I look to some degree at our our nba show that we keep trying to capture the right people you know how do we get the barkley thing with ernie johnson we had ernie on and we were talking about that and we tried to be him together and every radio program director is like how do i get these guys how do you come? what what is it about those two guys just in your estimation that works what you know what is it that because because you can give away the company secret because you can give it to two other people and it doesn't work the same way Right,
3: I mean, there's there's a number of things. They they have incredible chemistry. They've they've been friends since all through high school. They've lived together. They've been poor together, working their way up in radio and small markets. The the chemistry between those two is is unbelievable. Um, they they both have uh, kind of things that complement each other. Like like Bob is the guy that he Bob could keep the needles bouncing for hours. He doesn't. He could talk about anything for for hours and keep it interesting, and then long enough, he keeps the ball in the air for Brian, who's the funny guy, to hit him out of the park pretty much. And um, that's that's just a perfect combination, I think, with with the way they work. And I mean, not to say that Bob's not funny; Bob says plenty of funny things too. But Brian's the uh, the guy that really <laughs> sets the hooks on people with with some of the hilarious stuff and his different voices and accents and things like that. So, you know, you combine those, those two things and, um, they, they actually, even though it doesn't sound like it at times, they they take, uh, radio seriously and, and respect the, uh, the forum and everything. And, you know, you, you can turn on the radio these days and hear it's like, what's that guy doing on the radio, Bob and Brian, uh they're kind of old school that way well they are old school but they they grew up listening to um, uh larry lujak and in uh, chicago and because they they grew up in racine so they listened to a lot of chicago radio and wls so they picked up a lot of good habits from that and it's just a combination of those things you know it's you can't you can't tell a kid today that you need to do this you need to have good chemistry Mm -hmm. uh you need to talk all the time and you need to hit out the, the home runs it's just uh, it's just something that they know how to do.
0: And I grew up listening to them like can't make <laughs> it up. That was the show, them and a crew out of Madison. Speaking of growing up, you grew up in Brookfield living in O'conham Walk now. every once in a while you must pinch yourself, right I mean you're working with now for the last 27 years the number one morning radio show in Milwaukee and you're the Buck's PA guy but at some level you're still the Wisconsin kid. <laughs> that probably never intended to be doing what you're doing. So often do you reflect on that growing up again, just like John and I never really planning on what we were going to do, but you got quite the gig for a Wisconsin boy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I, I grew up a radio fan and, uh, you know, I grew up on QFM. I was a, a rock guy when I was, when I was a kid. And that's where I started in radio. And, uh, when QFM went under, then I, I, went over to to laser and then I started working with Bob and Brian and um, you know, that in itself was, was a moment where I had to pinch myself, kind of like when I was up on the um, on top of the, uh, the uh, Wisconsin Avenue building where Tim, the rock and roll animal hung out on the ledge for weeks to get the who to come there. And I was broadcasting from that studio. It was like, uh, you know, there's, there was a lot of history in, in my core from that, uh, from growing up in that area. And then, yeah, being with, with Bob and Brian, I, you know, for, for years, we tried to battle Bob and Brian at QFM and it didn't work. That's why <laughs> QFM, they, <laughs> they, they kicked our, they kicked our ass. So then I end up, uh, with them and, uh, you know, you can't beat them, join them type of thing. And it, it's been just a, a great ride with those guys are, are, my two best friends now. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And then, yeah, obviously, yeah. Being the, the announcer of the bucks, I, I when I was a kid, my dad used to take a, take me down to the arena, the games, and we'd, we'd wait outside in the cold outside the locker room door uh, when they come out the back of the building and, and see Marcus Johnson and Sidney Moncrief and all those guys uh, come out after a game and, uh, you know, to be able to announce them now and, um throughout the years, all the different players and, and just make relationships with uh so many great people through through the organizations and stuff, it's been total a total Wisconsin dream come true.
1: So for the most part, right, you are a voice. When you are yep. a producer on the radio show, you're behind you know you're you're behind scenes. They hear you some, but it is not out front. Mm-hmm. Uh you are a voice. So how often is the voice recognized? Do you go in when you're buying your wife's, you know, you're buying a, a mother's day card for your mom or you're, you're at the hardware store and you, you know, would you like to, you know, would you like uh, to contribute round up for the charity? And they hear your voice and they
3: go, wait, well, that's the loud guy from the bucks game. Like how often does that occur? <laughs> it, it just happened. I had to drop my truck off because I had a screw in my tire. I dropped it off at the tire shop and, uh um, a guy that I didn't know there was uh, taking down my information. And when I said Eric Jensen, he goes, Oh, the Eric Jensen. He goes, I hear it now. You know, that's what he (laughs) he said. So it happens fairly often, but also in Oconomowoc, there's another Eric Jensen who's a legend here at, from Oconomowoc high. He was a state champion wrestler. He's a coach at the high school for wrestling. And um, I'll get that at the hardware store also when, (laughs) you know, you you're giving your name for the, uh, and and they'll say Eric Jensen, the wrestler. (laughs) Well, I wrestled in high school, but nobody really calls me the wrestler. (laughs) That's (laughs) when you go,
0: they do call me the rock though. That is, that's.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Give him the eyebrow raise, but uh, yeah, he says he gets it. uh, People ask it if he's me too. So we get it both ways, I guess.
0: So, you mentioned earlier Bob Betts. That was another guy that I grew up literally sitting in County Stadium with the binoculars watching him and Bob Euchre. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the baseball thing something that you would – did you audition this last time when it came back open? And, I mean, my God, like that is – if I had a dream job, John's heard this number of different times, I would love to be the PA guy for the Brewers. So. Maybe just tell me how you auditioned for that and who to call it. Go, go ahead.
3: <laughs> well, I, I auditioned. I didn't this last time it came open because it, it, there would have been too much conflict with the bucks. So it didn't work out. The the time after Bob, when Rob Edwards got it, um, I auditioned and it came down to, to Rob and me. Um, and there was a number of things. I had a really bad cold the day we were auditioning too. Hmm. So my, Sorry. I was stuffed up and, everything you know my head was just a hundred pounds but they had they had you announce the uh they wanted you just to do the uh, sausage race like a racetrack <laughs> announcer that was part of the audition um uh, you know just how would you announce this batter and that batter and things like that so um you know if you if you've done PA you you would have a, a great shot of, of getting it if it ever opens again
1: <laughs> just
3: let me know. And I, I think
1: you can tell me. Wrong, I think somehow there's still a romanticism about the baseball PA guy that is, is not associated with the NBA guy or the the NFL guy or anything else. I think there's still like everybody just has Bob Shepard something about Yankee Stadium, right? I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's still a romance about the baseball PA guy.
3: I think you're right, and I think Mark Richards the. The guy, the new Brewers announcer, what he's been doing it a couple of years now. Is he, he's perfect right now. He sounds sounds great for it. Um, baseball, it, to me, um, I find it kind of boring to tell you the truth because mm-hmm. it's <laughs> you, you announce a batter and then you just sit back and watch a bat. Then the next batter, you know, now batting shortstop, and then you, then you sit back and and you watch a bat. Basketball is almost like a play by play. It's happening so fast. You're making, you, you're calling a lot of stuff. You're really, really involved. Um, but to tell you the truth, if I had my choice starting out, whether I could have been the Brewers or the Bucks, I would have chosen the Brewers back then because I, I was a baseball player, big baseball fan. And um I, like I said, I was a wrestler in high school. So I didn't know basketball inside and out like most people do you know that are, are play basketball in high school and that so um i i i love it now and and i'm glad that i am doing the uh nba over basketball but um i do think there is some kind of romantic thing with with baseball announcers and you know um just uh not uh not over hyping and and kind of just uh you know, being the uh, eloquent announcer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, in the big leagues. But try announcing a Northwoods League baseball game. You are <laughs> an <laughs> advertiser whore. <laughs> you are. That's well, yeah. all you do.
3: At every oh. inning, there's some crazy thing going on, and in between innings, right? Oh, sometimes every pitch. Or...
0: Sometimes we had we had foul balls sponsored. Try City <sighs> Glass and Door. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I bet you I said that a thousand times. When you're doing basketball games, maybe I, I can relate to this. It is nonstop. I mean, it's fouls, it's points, it's assists sometimes. Do you ever catch yourself accidentally watching the game and forgetting you're announcing? Because I do that. Like, if it's an intense game and you're kind of back and forth, I could be holding on to the roster. I know I'm announcing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoop, crap. Like, I, I'm paying attention as a fan at the moment. This is a great right. seat, by the way. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it does happen. You've gotta you've gotta really kind of stick with it and you know, make sure that you're you're on point. But I, I get what you're saying because there's so much action and uh sometimes you'll see something and you're just like, Oh my god, you know, some big dunk or a block or something like that, and uh you gotta reel it back in and just uh focus on on the job at hand. Yeah.
1: We always say that Sports Center after dark or on pay-per-view which we always say pay-per-view, like people aren't paying for cable anyway. Uh, but late <laughs> night would be twice as funny. It would, like it would be really great. Uh, do you ever have to fight the idea that you – you know, let's introduce somebody from the opposing team. I don't care who it is. Here's Lonzo Ball, who, by the way, uh, hasn't paid his insurance in three months. Like, do you ever <laughs> feel like it would be so great if I could just put in just one thing that I really would love to do? kind of like the the Will Farrell introductions have you ever seen that yeah oh yeah from like uh semi pro <laughs> yeah right. yeah that, yeah exactly yes yeah. exactly like we just here's Trevor Thomas who you know is uh, he wrestles giraffes in the off season because they're the <laughs> only thing is
3: you know yeah stuff like that uh uh-huh. yeah I, I you know i'd love to do it um i think you'd uh, you'd hear from the league pretty quick if anything like that happened <laughs> but they are getting more and more ludicrous with uh, the background music they'll play while we're introducing the visiting team or something like that. So maybe somewhere along the way and in some of these playoff games, we'll, you know, be able to poke fun at a couple of the players. But right now, especially in the playoffs, they've got that down to every second is accounted for in that pregame right before we're going to go to Anthem and, uh, you know, or you come out of Anthem, and I've got to rip through the, the visitor team so fast that sometimes I don't even say what college you're from. I'll just say the position, you know, and, and roll through them super fast. That's lights out and uh, video, and then we do our regular introduction. But there's there's a guy from TNT or ESPN that's the, the time coordinator, and mm-hmm. his arm is flapping like this to – go faster you know <laughs> so there's not a heck of a lot of time in in a lot of games to to work that in but maybe on like a tuesday night against <laughs> the bobcats or something we could yeah. but if you just if you had your <laughs> way be nice just let you know just one night let me control the show
1: when you, you know, right <laughs> like, absolutely because i feel like people would come for that
3: yeah, well, I, yeah i just feel like that could be a thing but and it would probably make sports center too Totally. <laughs> yeah, I would totally do that. Yeah,
0: yeah I was going to say, we're sitting here reminiscing about being PA guys, but I, I don't want to speak for you, Eric. I grew up wanting John's job. So, I mean, Absolutely. yeah, this is, the, the PA thing is fun, but we both still wanted to be you. I
1: mean, yeah. just... Yes, but we can all sit, we can all empathize with each other when, when, uh, what is it, Stan Verrett used to say, uh, he'd get a hockey name and it looked like somebody spilled the Scrabble box. Like, we've all <laughs> done that. You know, you sit there and just go like, you know, here's yep. here's Fred. <laughs> you <know? I> mean, <laughs> well, if you can get through it once, you know, you can you can sneak it through. So uh did you enjoy
3: doing the video game? I did, yeah. Uh you know that uh it was a great experience. I'm I'm not a big video game player, but my my son is. But both of my sons are, but one in particular loves NBA two K. I mean when he found out that uh, we were gonna be doing this, he was that was the most fired up he's been about anything I've I've done, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We went out to L.A., uh, got to see how it was all all done, and to be a part of it was a really neat experience. NBA
0: 2K22, right?
3: Yeah, and 23. Well, I, I think 20 was the first one. Was it 20 or 21? I think 21 was the first one, and then uh, 22, and then we're on 23 again. So uh, there's always new names to do. So a little more work every year for me, which is, which is great. And a trip out to LA to do it is pretty nice as well. Yeah.
1: And now tell people how sexy that is to sit in a room with a strip (laughs) that's this thick and 17 water bottles, and then having to just go Trevor Thomas for two, John Anderson for two, Giannis for two, right? Like it's just,
3: it is, it's the monotony of it is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And, you know, you're just saying sometimes you're just saying names you don't you don't even know, because sometimes they'll they'll just have you do uh, first names for a while and then (laughs) second names and then for two and then for three and different things. And they 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 get it so they can stitch it all together. And, uh, yeah, it it takes it, it, you know to a guy that roofs houses or something it it doesn't seem like hard work but when you're in there after like uh, a couple hours of this you're like man I need, I need a break you know they, that's why they don't do 10 hour days of, of recording you know they, usually it's about
0: 4 to 6 hours and you're reminiscing about wipeout aren't you Jay
3: you do the wipeout thing
1: and, <laughs> right, and but the script is like that right and you start and you do the first one you're all excited and you flip the page and you're like holy crap I still have it's not even pages you're like I have eight more inches to go which is you know <laughs> it's which is even more disheartening you know yeah
3: right right yeah it's uh this is on a computer screen and it kind of just flashes up at you but oh. it, it, so you have no idea what it's going to end really you know yeah. but um, there's, there's no, someone I- in your ear saying all right we'll do it we'll do um, about 100 more of these oh okay
1: Right, or or when they go, can you give me that one again? And my no, (laughs) no, I don't want. I've given you a thousand. I don't feel like I'm giving you that one again.
3: Right, right,
1: yeah. What's worse is when you do kick it, and you're like, "Crap, I'm going to give that again." You know, yeah, yeah. But it all sounds good when the kids
3: play it, and then they know it and they love it. It does, and you know, and for guys like Brian Anderson, I mean, he's got tenfold of what we've got to do because there's limited things for a PA announcer to say. And, uh, play by play color guy. There's, it's limitless of what, <laughs> what you could say. And, you know, I, I, I can't even imagine what that recording session must be like, but they built him a studio in his home. So he does mm-hmm. it right, right there. And, Jeez. you know, yeah. yeah. Somebody else built they, they a studio in their home. pretty good. They're, they're good people to, to work for.
0: That's cool. All right, we will wrap it up with Eric Jensen, Buck's PA guy,
2: after just a minute. We're the Inside Wisconsin Show. The Inside Wisconsin Show is brought to you by American Family Insurance, Aaron's Company, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, Capital Credit Union, Festival Foods, Quick Trip, Miller Light, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, Provea Health, and the university of wisconsin platteville hey
0: remember to subscribe on youtube leave a review smash the like button just get with us ja you might remember when we talked with mark stogan from festival foods that i said nobody loves fireworks more than mark are you a fireworks guy like fourth of july fireworks
1: uh i am i like to watch them uh my, <laughs> you know my mother we we were not allowed to have a ton of them you know yeah. but uh but yeah, which is probably why i enjoy them more um Luckily, the Carricks live next door, and they used to go to North Carolina a lot, and they'd come home with a trunk full around them. So, <laughs> right. So, you know, we, we relied on the generosity of others. I remember growing up saying that
0: I wondered why you could buy fireworks that will, that were illegal, like on roadside tents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And my parents used to say, it's not illegal to buy them. It's illegal to launch them. And I was <laughs> like, what the hell does that mean? Just going to put them on the shelf and look at them? No. It's a nuanced
1: like, argument. I uh, admit it. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> Well, luckily for us, Festival Foods here in Wisconsin absolutely loves fireworks, specifically around the 4th of July. Go to festfoods.com slash fireworks. There you will see 30 different opportunities, 30 different places across the state of Wisconsin where Festival Foods brings fireworks to your community. They do the fire over the fox here in Green Bay. I know they sponsor the fireworks in my hometown of Jefferson. Anywhere that you see fireworks in the air, there is a very good chance that Festival Foods is a part of bringing it to your community. This time of year, specifically around the 4th of July. So go to festfoods.com slash fireworks. Look for your city. Look for your opportunity in your area to go catch one of the best fireworks shows that you'll see. Because Festival Foods loves
1: fireworks. Light them up. Just be just be safe out there, kids.
0: Yeah. We're, we're like If you light your own off, run. I mean, it's not, oh, that didn't light. No, you, it did. Just get away. Seriously. So, give it a minute. We're back, final segment with Eric Jensen, the Milwaukee Bucks PA guy. All right, two for me, and then it's the ever-famous J.A. Lightning round. Yeah. Rock, curious, have you ever uh, been bango and nobody knew it? Nope, I haven't. Oh, damn it.
3: I wish, but it hasn't happened yet.
0: Part of me just wants to put that thing on once and attempt (laughs) to hit that jumping thing and not break
3: my neck. Uh, I, those days have passed me by now. I would break my, I would break something doing half of the things Bango does now.
0: (laughs) One more thing about the Brewers PA job. When you were filling in for Bob Betts, did you say the number and the last name twice like he did? Like, was it center fielder number 19, Robin Yount? 19, Yount.
3: (laughs) No, no, I didn't. I didn't try to sound like Bob. Um, The only thing I, the only thing I took, from him was the uh, "please drive home safely." <laughs> he would always say that at the end of the game. Other than that, um, Euchre used to call me "screamer" when I'd fill in for him because <laughs> I, I was more like the uh, NBA kind of guy. Like uh, I, I have a friend that still to this day, when he sees me, he'll go, "Marquis Grissom." <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'd introduce him, and Euchre would look at me like. T- tone um, it down a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. All right, Jay. Welcome.
1: Uh, by the way, did did people still yell stuff in between that when he used to say number nineteen? Yell yeah, and the other team, he'd do it, and then we always used to, you know, right, number nineteen. Trevor Thomas, who Trevor Thomas, and the, oh, you know, yeah. we always we always shouted stuff in there, you know, That's right. As yes. well, you guys were always the lead into, you know, here's John Anderson smells like a bus. We always had stuff in there that you always put, you know, that whenever it was PA stuff, it was that's awesome. That's, yeah, we always had to do that. So anyway.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, coming down on two minutes. What time is it? You know, exactly. Right before, two, minutes, two minutes. All right.
1: I want to know the the standard one uh, in any speed round in your case for your job is worst name you've ever had to pronounce. That just, uh, just whatever, for whatever reason, drove you nuts?
3: <laughs> Let's see. You know, um, I can't really think of one now. Uh, you know, at first it was like someone like Zdrunas Elgowskis or something like that. <laughs> yep. But there's been way worse than that lately. And um uh, drawing a blank right now. Um, Mama was, was pretty, um, that was a pretty rough one. But he was on our team, so i um, was <laughs> trying to think. Uh, gosh, who's the guard for the Bulls? Uh, he played for Duke. Um, he had a really crazy name. Uh,
1: Jason Williams? No, that wasn't it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jay Williams? <laughs> no. Oh, gosh, I can't think of it. The, 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 the long names, those are the, the ones you kind of uh, forget over time. I think just the, to uh, – Save your sanity, you know. Yeah,
1: but I just have a feeling Lithuanian centers are kind of the. That's just a. That's a bad spot in general. In <laughs> yeah.
3: Currently, who has the category. longest name?
1: Currently, who has the longest name in the NBA?
3: The longest name in the NBA would uh... first and last whole thing. Oh, man, and it's not uh, Antetokounmpo. Um, no. Boy. And you know the answer to this? I do. You do. All right, lay it on me. I don't. I'm not. Uh, it's Contavious
1: go. Caldwell Pope at twenty-two letters. Oh,
3: jeez. Yeah, but that's a that's a hyphenated name.
1: That is, <laughs> that is but there's a reason we call him KCP. <laughs> when yeah, through. right. Right. <laughs> when, when we just we go through. Uh, do you have a favorite Antetokounmpo?
3: Giannis. Okay. You know, how, He's he's the uh, the king of the Antetokounmpo's the Cadillac. <laughs> sure. Uh,
1: if there was another PA announcer that you could do a jersey sh- swap with, who would it
3: be? Ah, uh, probably Lawrence Tanter, Lakers announcer. Okay. Um, you know he's he's just legendary, and is he's called everything from uh, Magic Johnson through Shaq and Kobe up to lebron he's he's seen a lot there interesting guy to talk to and i I guess i would swap with him
1: in the history of the nba have there been more bobs or more bryans (laughs) i would say bobs there have been 79 bobs and only 19 bryans that's including a guy b-r-y-a-n who will throw in there wow (laughs) yeah 79 to 19 the bobs have it
3: yeah i i'm drawn a blank on any current Bryant's. there's uh i'm just thinking of brian winters for the bucks back in the day
1: <laughs> and near as i can tell and i haven't researched this, i think there's only been one bonzi with bonzi well uh you're <laughs> from you wisconsin. are correct on that yes you're from wisconsin um, would you rather go alpine skiing or cross-country skiing oh i'm an alpine skier good Down yep. downhill we go yep uh, if you made an old-fashioned what liquor would you put in it
3: that's a tough one. I kind of uh, sway back and forth. I I, have, I go brandy sometimes, and sometimes I go bourbon. So um, I, if I had to choose one, I guess I would have to go with the uh, Wisconsin staple brandy. Sure.
1: Uh, favorite halftime act, and I asked this just because uh, at the game, this is a clinching game the other night, and Red Panda's there. And I'll, honestly, I'm worn out on Red Panda, but I want to yeah. know if, if you've got a favorite halftime. Actually. yeah
3: we noticed we noticed red panda was there too you can't mistake <laughs> that music in the background um, she's been doing it for forever um well there was there was one that um he's my favorite because it was the most disturbing ever uh, <laughs> His name was Rubber boy, and he could bend his body into just crazy yeah. distortions and he put himself in a clear box and um his his feet were behind his head, uh, parts of his anatomy were around his face that shouldn't have been there, and he's playing the bongos <laughs> on himself while they're carrying him off the off the court. And you could see the uh, it, it, actually on Sports Center they showed it. Yeah, and and Bob made Sports Center that night because he was sitting right by the tunnel, and you can see him and everyone else around him with just jaws agape, like what was that, and. Um, <laughs> That was back when Senator Cole owned the, the team, and he said, "No more Rubber Boy." That's the last Rubber <laughs> Boy show we're going to have here. He's the contortionist; they take him out, and at one point, he puts him wholesale
1: through a toilet seat too. He does, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this guy tribe You've never I seen don't think back? so. I feel He's like I haven't. Amazing, have. but yeah. in a, in the most disgusting, crazy way, it's like I <laughs> I am not I am not pleased watching this. I'm amazed, no. but I'm not at all entertained.
3: Nobody cheers. They just stand there with their jaws agape going, what did I just watch? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, finally, as a guy that's, that does PA and announces people for, for uh, I say a living, obviously, have another job. Uh, I just want to know your impression of Ivor Robson, the guy that would stand there for 13 hours introducing the, the, the twosomes and threesomes at the British Open at 7 a.m. till 7 p.m., never took a break. Never went to the bathroom.
3: You know that guy? Now on the tee. Trevor Thomas. Yes. I do, yeah. What does what he do? Does he wear adult diapers or something? I have <laughs> no idea how
1: he does it. But I imagine he's got to have mad respect from people like you guys. Yeah. yeah for I sure. can barely yeah. make it that's a half sometimes. <laughs> 12 hours yep. never leaves the spot. That's wow. Yeah, that's- he's
0: dehydrated.
3: Yeah, he's an amazing me.
1: guy. And then but at the end, the nice thing is at the end, he just walks away. He does not get into a clear some sort of <laughs> you know, print box by which he is then taken out in this
3: uh yeah, the the, the clear um, loose side box, which is terrible. Well, I hope there's a, a brandy old fashioned waiting for him when he's done. <laughs> you know, that guy, he, just he earned it. Washes
1: yeah. it, dunks his head and washes his hair in a Guinness after he's finished with that. <laughs>
0: Brock, good stuff, man. Good to meet you. And yeah. thanks for coming on the show. I I I I'm a PA announcer today because of listening to guys like you when I was young. And I'm not trying to make you feel old, I, that's the honest to God truth. I absolutely love Bob Betts. I love listening to you at the Bucks games and um probably followed in your radio footsteps too, just doing this now instead. So thanks for joining us today, man.
3: Oh, thanks, man. I'm I'm honored to to hear those words from you. I appreciate that.
1: And I would tell you, you are a great safety net for us because the PA will be like, I don't know how to pronounce it. Go back in the tape and listen to when the guy got checked in, right? <laughs> like you are, you are our last line of defense when we can't. Right. If it's Not in there. Just like go listen to the guy when he introduced him, <laughs> and that's how he'll say his name.
3: That's how so, be uh, announced he, for, the, for
1: the rest of his life. Well, we we appreciate your 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 small contributions to sports and you may not even know you're doing, but but you are there. Like I said, on on occasion when some yahoo isn't smart enough to figure that out, I'm like, just go listen <laughs> to the guy. He'll it checks him
3: in, he'll tell you who his name is.
1: <laughs> Works well, every I time. That,
3: I do that from time to time uh check and tape on on highlight reels to see how to his name. <laughs> so it, it all comes full circle, I guess. Let's hope one of us got it
1: right. Thanks <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks see, guys.
0: Well, you two have something in common. You're both on a video game. That's neat that you could reminisce about how big those scripts were. Wipeout, right? Wipeout video game.
1: I did, yeah. I, listen, I'm just glad that you've had that you've got some of your heroes out here too. Everyone, thank you, time. appreciate. You it. Know, you know, like I'm no secret about some of these guys that are mine that come through or that I admire. Them. Like, here's a guy that's on your side of the road. I love it. He's in your lane. He's great. And, and even if you want him to, you know meet with some sort of untimely sort of laryngitis so that he can no longer use the job and you can have it but not you know, wishing bad things on him yeah but I, you know, i'll fill in every once in a while like you said we don't anything tragic we just maybe need yeah. strep throat or something you know <laughs> hide his ricola lozenges so that he's not right. able to do the job and then you'll be fine so i would just love you know. to be on the short
0: list anyway but yeah that was cool you're six 12 cool.
1: you're never being on anybody's short list <laughs> this is also true appreciate that this is but also comes true through, but yeah it is crazy to do the the, the over the video games and and uh, I'm with him for for people that have nine to five jobs or grind out it you know because it's always here's extra money to do it but you sit there with things that are literally that thick and and here it is it's just this you, here's it in, in Wipeout you had maybe what twelve characters twenty characters you could choose from right. so think of he oh he wipes out but now you got to say that twenty times. Because each guy wipes out, you know? Right. And right. then you got to make sound just as excited about the first one as you were the last one. And then you go through and you just turn. And after a while, you're just like, we're we're nowhere. There's still inches left. but
0: I just talked about this on social media this past week and how anybody with a normal job doesn't really look at what you or I do. And this whole talking to a microphone thing is difficult. Or, hell, sometimes you shouldn't even be paid for that, even though it's my profession or your profession. But at the end of the day, like work is work. I mean, whether it's this or like Rock said, roofing a, a church or whatever he said, roofing, right? I mean, my
1: two brothers uh, who followed my dad into the construction business and, and poured foundations there in, in, in Green Bay, like they just assume that since I, have, I don't necessarily acquire a, require a shower after I'm right. done with my day's work to go to bed, that I don't really maybe have to work. Exactly. And there's probably some merit to that. They're probably <laughs> Maybe a little, but it's not, not your
0: fault. It's not my fault. Um, John Wisconsin is almost always your fault. So what do you got this time from the childhood of J.A.?
1: So I am going to. I'm playing in your wheelhouse oh. for the time that I have the P.A. job. Tell me everything. When I, I was you had P.A. One. my junior year for the football team and my senior uh. year for the for – the, Football. So my junior and senior year, Carl Sunby, athletic director, did it. Let us do it. Uh, awesome. After the first year, he asked me to be more professional. And I think what he meant by that was when kids would give me a dollar and I'd say, E.T., please phone home. Over the PA, <laughs> he wasn't wild about that. <laughs> um, but it was great to introduce him. And then I kind of stole whoever was. Was it uh um who was before Bill Jarts? The old Packer.
0: Oh, I don't remember his name.
1: Who did it. Was it Kramer? Bob Long, maybe. But he always used to say, and, and here comes head coach, after he would named the 11 guys, and anybody, and here comes Coach Bart Starr and the rest of the Green Bay Packers. And so then I'd say, here comes the rest, you know, Coach Jim Hayes, and the rest of the Green Bay Southwest Trojans when he came That's through. Cool. So now in high, now we're in the ba- basketball season, which was awesome. But now I'm being, I, I, I have to do them all. So now I'm doing a, a, a girls game, doing one of the girls, Southwest Trojan mm-hmm. girls game. And we're playing Preble. And this is how much it s- sticks in my mind. There was a girl on Preble, and her name was Dawn DeKeyser. And for roughly three quarters. Now, understand, what's the attendance at a women's basketball game? Not huge. Right. Any high school game, really, unless you're crazy. So I kept calling her <laughs> Dawn uh, uh Dawn DeKeyser. Dawn and they uh, finally I realized every time I said it, they were yelling at me from the road, going like, to Kaiser. And when I finally said, you know, basket by number 32 for Preble, Dawn De Kaiser, they stood up and gave me a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, like I said, I remember her name to this day Dawn awesome. De Kaiser. K E Y is not Kieser, it's Dawn <laughs> De Kaiser. Guys, uh, And so, again, my apologies to the family. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what, like we're about to have our 40th class reunion. So this was 40 years ago, and I still remember the name of this poor gal because I butchered it uh, again and again. And it would have been nice if she'd only scored twice. You know, maybe that would I could have gotten away with it. But she didn't. She scored a bunch. And then, <laughs> so when I finally got it right. They gave me a standing ovation.
0: Wow. You're <laughs> welcome. You're welcome.
1: Thank you. Uh, Are you coming back for your 40th? Is that what I heard you oh, no, say? It's in, it's in September, uh, and it's over at the Town Brewery. So if anybody has not gotten this, uh, is uh, the word's trickled out. So it's <laughs> allegedly on Facebook and stuff. I don't know how that works. Um, uh, so I, don't, I have to kind of see what the fall is. I need to know where Parents Weekend is in Arkansas. or uh, I don't think there's any marathons at that time, and it. I don't think it's the SEC. So I might have a spot in there to get done. I don't, I don't know. I went to my 15th. That was the last one I went to. Oh wow. That's that been a the last. Yeah, that was the last one I went to. And that's where we sat around. And I said hi to a bunch of people that I knew, uh, but sat at a big table with about nine guys, and we all just laughed at one point and said, You realize in five minutes we could have assembled this same crew and sometimes do. Um, so that's awesome. You know, and then wow. I try to tell people that as all, I tell people all the time, there's more to Wisconsin, more to Green Bay than the Packers, right? And then I go, except that I went to Lombardi Junior High and Southwest is right off Packerland Drive, and then they go. So where was your reunion? And we're like, it was actually at the Packer Hall of Fame. So <laughs> the old tell one. Tell me all. Yeah, but you know, so we might be at one trick pony, but and and now we'll go to town Brewery. So, um, well, if you
0: do come we'll back see. in September,
1: promise me that I can be there with a the camera
0: and just let's just meet the John Wisconsin crew for real, right? And maybe <laughs> create another story or clowns. two.
1: You've seen most yeah, of those clowns. You I know? have. That's so. true.
0: It is. Uh, Real quick, as we uh, enter the next episode of Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet, this time we went to the races, J.A. Did you ever go to the races growing
1: up? I went once, maybe twice. And I want to say we went to Seymour is where they were. And it was the old Paps Red, White, and Blue series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and remember they also had it. a red, white and blue beer that wasn't Pabst. But yeah, I think it was the old Paps, red, white and blue and, you know, on the old uh, the old bull ring, the dirt tracks and, the, you know, yeah. the midget cars and stuff. But it was great. So not a bunch. But my dad take me. Dad, dad took me there. My brothers went a lot because they were motorheads. They loved to, you know, take cars apart and put them back together. So they'd go there a bunch. But um, it is uh, I, I was not a regular attender, but have been. Well, And there's still a lot of people that are.
0: Racing is deep-rooted here in Wisconsin. Our next Deeper Roots episode, actually the last one from our first season with our friends at Farm and Fleet, took us to the Madison International Speedway. They call it the McCarne's Family Farm. You'll like this. The last episode of, uh, well, season one of Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. I can confirm that this will be by far the loudest episode of Deeper Roots. insane. This is a good day at work. This is going to be a good day at work. Farmers, brewers, hunters, packers, badgers, cheeseheads, neighbors. No matter what name we go by, we are bound together by our roots. These are the people, the stories, and the statriotism from inside Wisconsin. Welcome to Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. It's Angie and Greg McCarn's Madison International Speedway The roots run deep here in Wisconsin in in regards to racing, yeah?
4: Our family has been uh, promoting races right here at MIS over 45 years now. My parents were the managers here in the early 80s. We actually lived in a pop-up camper behind the beer stand. And uh, during the summer, my brother and I, this is where we grew up. And so it's been really cool because our kids have grown up here too. Greg Angie, thank you for inviting us out to the Family
0: Farm. What's that about, by the way? We heard that over and over on Friday night. Thanks for supporting the McCarns Family Farm.
4: We were at Rockford Speedway for 10 years, and um, when I left there, we called it reverse retirement. And so I joke with people that we were just looking to buy some land and settle down in Wisconsin, but we wanted some pole sheds, and we happened to find this racetrack that had two pole sheds on it and,
5: and 50 acres. and 50 yeah.
4: acres, and lo and behold, there's a racetrack here, so <laughs> uh, here we go. But it, it, we, we treat it like our farm, we take a lot of pride in it, and with this being our family farm, we want it to be. Uh, in top shape when people come out here, we invite them to our farm to enjoy a night And we just continue to hold ourselves at high level. Who are the families though that started this whole thing back in the 50s? It actually started as Legion Speedway and it was a quarter mile dirt track. In the mid 70s, Sam Bardis he acquired the track and then the track we see today was built in 1969. He bought uh, land from the Hanlon family which still has the farm off of Turn 3 and 4 to expand the track. Two different people uh, had owned it and turned it into a dirt track, and it closed down in the late 80s, and then it was brought back in 92 by Wayne Erickson, who owned Slinger Speedway. And then from there, Jerry Filner owned it, and then from Filner, it went to Terry Kunis, and now we have it.
0: What is it about racing, specifically here in Wisconsin, that brings families together for, I mean, decades now?
5: The fans have so much passion not only for the sport, but for our facility. The people that come up to me and tell me when they were five years old, this is where they came with their family. I mean, their memories run deeper than my memories here.
0: So Friday night, we were here for the opening night of MIS for the summer season. And I've been to races and sat up in the stands and you know, whether it was on the hill in Jefferson or in your bleachers here, but then you invited us down into the pits. That's a completely different experience. Gentlemen. Start your engines. First race of the year for all these guys. We gotta pick a number, kinda like a horse race. Heads up, car coming. So I think it's super cool that there's like this swagger, right? The old school Wisconsin racing comes with like a group of buddies and that's your crew and they all have the headsets and the fire suits and like, Wisconsin racing is deep rooted. How cool is it knowing that you grew up in the racing industry, Greg, and you can kind of
4: see how it's just repetitive in a family. Like Zach Riddle, who is our uh, defending track champion, his grandfather was a champion when my parents were running the track, and his grandpa and grandma still come out to the races. They actually met at Angel Park, and so, you know, you see all those generations. And the extended family aspect of it, I remember in the school, they asked me who my grandparents were, and I, well, Grandma and Grandpa McCarns, grandma and Grandpa Banks. Then I named off about five other grandparents because of that extended family. We weren't related at all, but we were related because of being at the racetrack together all summer. So
0: Angie, you marry into this racing thing. What type of sales had to happen in order for you to go? Yeah, this sounds like a great idea.
5: Honestly, I it it drew me right in. Um, Greg is very charismatic, anyways. But the whole racing industry, the the atmosphere. Um, I always tell my staff when I hire them, like. We're here because people pay to come and have fun. They want to have fun with their family. They want to be here with their friends. They want to cheer on their favorite driver. Buying the racetrack was obviously a big decision. That was a big, big step for us, but Greg has always promoted other people's racetracks and we said why not just invest in ourselves?
4: If you could sum it up in few words, what is it about the love of racing? It's sensory overload. You know, the speed, the sounds, the, the rumble in your chest, like when a, when a 410 sprint car gets pushed off at Angel Park, it, 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 those things are violent. When the USAC Solar Crown or four barrel super late mile is going around Wisconsin's fastest half mile, there's something really special about that.
0: Okay, so this is absolutely insane. I've never, ever been on the infield during a race. Loud, lots going on. There's three laps to go in this race. This is nuts. I really don't know how to describe the level of energy. When there is a race happening, literally 30 yards, and now here they come again. It is like non-stop action at this track. One thing I noticed about watching a race in the infield of a racetrack, you get dizzy. I caught myself doing this, watching the race, and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is so awesome. Watch this! Watch that truck come
5: off. Woo-hoo-hoo!
0: What's your favorite part about racing in Wisconsin? Well,
5: it's the people. We're unique where we own a racetrack, we lease a racetrack, and we just sold our traveling series. But, um, I have the same fans at all three of those um, events. And they'll follow us around and they'll ask, How's Al doing at school? Did your daughter get her license yet? They've watched our kids grow up and, um, and they've supported us. How much time
0: and effort you have
4: invested to what I would call the production of a race night. People come here, spend their money. They want to see a good show. They want to see a good run show. Our staff is very good at keeping everything moving. Once that train starts going, you want to just keep the next race going and the next one coming out. The McCarne's name is one that has history here in Wisconsin, right? But there's some names
0: on the wall here and from turn three into turn four, Give us your best Matt Kenseth
4: story. Uh, we had the big eight series, which is what was ran our Friday night opener. Uh, we started that in 05 and Matt called and goes, I want Ross to run that series with you because I know that you'll treat him like any other driver and not like my kid. And uh, that meant a
0: lot to me too. If you had a responsibility to protect the McCarnes family name, if you could just pinpoint one responsibility that, that you have that you maybe will
4: give to your kids someday. Make the decision that's best for the, the short track industry for the long run. There's nights where Ange and I sit on the on the porch at the front of the office, and you know, there's rain in the area and there's everything else, and it's like, but we should race, everyone's here. And short term, the implications might not be favorable for you, but to be right by the industry and the short track, we need to make the right decision. I love it, thanks for having Deeper
0: Roots out. It's been a pleasure to tell your story and, uh, Hopefully, the the dome stays intact and you have a great racing season. (laughs) Absolutely. What's the speed limit back here? I think that's the best Wisconsin grow-up story I've ever heard. Yeah, I grew up in a pop-up camper behind the bar. Her dad was born above a bar, so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like, where do I stand? I don't even know where to stand. Holy muckys. We're on the racetrack with Red car. That did not mean me. I'm a little weirded out that we don't have any yellow on. I'm going to get away from the track just a little bit and put my earplugs back in. This is nuts. And that's how you take a victory lap. That's it for this episode of the Inside Wisconsin Show's Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the final episode of Season 1, Time Flies When You're Spreading Joy. If you or someone you know would like to share your deep-rooted story in Wisconsin in the coming year, we'd love to hear from you. Just head to farmandfleet.com slash deeper roots and fill out the form. As always, don't forget to like and comment below. Smash that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And check out a race at MIS this summer. You'll enjoy it. Feel free to leave a five-star review on the podcast side. We appreciate you. See you soon. Talk to you
4: later. Bye.
0: Remember to subscribe on YouTube, leave a review, smash the like button, just get with
2: us. The Inside Wisconsin Show is brought to you by American Family Insurance, Aaron's Company, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, Capital Credit Union, Festival Foods, Quick Trip, Miller Lite, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, Provea Health, and the University of Wisconsin Platteville. And sit okay. down. Okay.